Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 341. This is part two of our two-part series starring Dr. Ben Pang, who is our software and attribution product manager here at Tier 11. And if you have not listened to episode 340, where he goes through every single Facebook attribution acronym that's ever been created in one podcast. But I think it's important for you to understand because this actually means money for you. This means how you track on these platforms, especially Facebook, if you're a Facebook advertiser. These are vital things to really understand. And even myself, we've been delved so deep into this for the past year, two years. It's like even hearing Ben's take on it just in a different way all of a sudden makes things make more sense. We can also figure out better solutions, some of which we actually came from this show that we've talked independently inside the company about. So uh, definitely go back and take a listen to episode 340, but you're going to love this one, episode 341 where Ben and Kasim get into it a little bit. Not saying it's a cage match, it's, you know, it's a brawl to the death or anything like that, but there's lots of hacks out there, supposedly around the iOS 14 issues that we're facing right now. At the end of the day, it's all about lack of visibility. And there are ways in which to amend that. We've talked about some of them in the first part of this two-part series here, but Ben gets into a little bit more of that here in part two and ticks off Cosm at the same time, which is lots of fun. If you do want all the links and helpful resources, head on over to perpetualtraffic.com. So enjoy this week's episode, episode 341, starring Dr. Ben Pang. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley, 
and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So I think that's important for people to remember that even for opted out users. So the ATT prompt shows and you say, no, I don't want these guys to track me. Choose not to track. You still can track inside ads manager, the highest priority event that you've chosen out of the eight that you get. The problem is, is that all the other events that are inferior or lesser beings than that highest priority event, even if it is your add to cart, which is maybe below your purchase, maybe your add to cart is number two event, your purchase is number one, it will show add to cart, but it won't show the others. And in theory, in most cases, um, or in all cases, but then conversions API will enhance that event match quality inside ads manager itself where you can actually see all right is my api is my conversions api integration actually assisting me in matching and is the quality as high as it possibly can be for both opted out and opted in users i guess there's the question and this whole thing that i'm saying is like is that emq for opted in and opted out users and is conversions API assisting on both? Or do you have some thoughts on that as to whether it impacts one or the other more? I would say is um I would say is in general, like it when they when they when they give you the score, is in general like are you are you feeding certain data uh through conversion API? So if you're not sending IP, if you're not sending email, uh then it's less likely for Facebook to match a person. But then there's also another thing in this equation is if people have opted out, then Facebook cannot even match that person, right? Because otherwise, if they match it, they use it in the algorithm that will basically de defeat or kind of violate, you know, what ATT wants um, other companies to do. So I would say it's, it's our gear towards opted in or, you know, what data points that Facebook can match. So you basically compare you know, all the tape, uh, touch point or all the data that you're sending to Facebook. And then if it only can match certain number of them, then it's going to be reflected in the score. Ben, do you believe that Facebook is a hundred percent compliant with the iOS requirements? <laughs> well, I would, I would say, um, yes. Fifth if Amendment. they haven't, if they, yeah, yeah. If, if there's no lawsuit before a lawsuit, I would say yes. 
if Apple starts suing Facebook, I, I might, I might doubt. But I think what Facebook is doing is, of course, you know, it creating this amazing platform for people to socialize and for advertisers to, to basically advertise their brand, their business, their product. So it's doing its best job to kind of, kind of be compliant with what Apple is asking, but it's also kind of pushing for what it stands for, what it wants to do. Right. And that's why it, ha it has the conversion. It rolls out the conversion API and it has its own uh, protocol called aggregated uh, event measurement. So I, I think just Facebook trying to do the, do its best to get Can more I pose data a back. technical mm -hmm. hypothetical though. So just sure. hypothetically speaking, if, if Facebook wanted to, or if someone at Facebook wanted to, Apple blinds them on the front end with the iOS update and doesn't give them the data, but if an advertiser pipes data back into Facebook using the conversion API, even if it's on an opted out user, Facebook could just technically speaking, I'm not saying they are, but they could utilize that data for optimization. Yeah. So co correct, because the data is already sent to them. So it's up to them to filter it or not. Uh, and in conversion API, you can actually also specify if the person has opted out. If the data is coming from a user that has opted out. So there's a flag that you can you can set. Now, is I think I think it's trying to protect, you know, kind of cover all the bases so Apple doesn't go after them, but how it uses this data, of course it's up to Facebook. Like if it's actually anonymizing all the data and trying to uh, come up with a pattern, that's, you know, totally doable because the data is there. Well, how would Apple ever know if if Facebook is utilizing data, first party data that you send it via the, the the Facebook conversion API? There would be no reconciliation process for Apple outside of like an internal audit that Facebook would have to agree to, right? And I can't imagine them doing that. So Facebook could, in theory, be utilizing this data for optimization, completely unencumbered and unbeknownst to Apple. In theory, in theory, I totally agree. Yes, I'm a developer, and if I have, if I get my hands on the data, why waste it? <laughs> why would you throw it away? Dude? I'm 100 with you. Yeah, that'd be a real tempting <laughs> just thing. Just a really big like data trash can over at Facebook. <laughs> like you know, even if you throw up, I'm in the garage right now, as I told you guys, and there's like the trash can right over there, and I think trash day was yesterday. If I threw a bunch of papers in there, I mean, who's to say that the garbage man ain't gonna read it? Yeah, but you know what, Ralph? I've never thrown money in the trash. I don't know anybody else who has either. <laughs> I don't think Facebook has been in the habit. And Facebook is, you know, move fast and break things, right? That's their whole, that is a group of, let's call them uh, in a friendly manner, mavericks, right? Like that, those are not rule followers over there at Facebook. So I, I uh, y'all already know where I stand on this. I think it's, it can be intuited, but um, I would be surprised. It's all right. It's all right, just because yeah. Facebook is listening and, you know, your account is going to get banned next week. Speak freely. Speak freely. Exactly. Yeah, First Amendment-ish. No, I mean, it, I mean, come on. They have it. You can't tell me they ain't using it in some way, shape, or form. Now, if they really were using it, then we wouldn't have seen the drop-off in performance that we saw when the ATT adoption really started to hit. So, well, so my, my challenge theory. to that, though, is most okay. advertisers, to the tune of, I bet you, like 95% weren't, weren't piping information back into, data, into Facebook. True. True. Okay. And we have seen better signal, you know, since we've started to implement all of that. Ben, doctor, 
Dr. Pang. I don't know why I didn't introduce you as Dr. Pang, though. That was <laughs> a miss on my part. Uh, it's because you're not wearing the white lab coat. That's why. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you really do expense that. Um, so <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> but we have seen, a, you know, as soon as Convergence API started to be, you know, deployed and now with Gateway, which makes it simpler. I don't know if I could necessarily do Cappy Gateway, but, you know, somebody a little bit smarter than me. The point is, is like it's more mainstream. So in theory, you should be getting more robust data, higher EMQ, right? Like we're seeing that visibility. Yeah. When that but occurs, can I go back to that just briefly, because Ben, didn't you say you might have said this before we started recording, but isn't there a concern that the Cappy Gateway doesn't actually give you the data back for your own database? Has that been resolved yet? I, I, we kind of touched on that, but I don't know that we so, don't. Yeah, I want to expand on that. Uh, so for conversion API, it's like gateway, third party data anyway, because it goes through Amazon, right? Isn't that dude, that's what's so funny before? is it's not first party data anymore. It's such a so what, what happened zero is, party. It's a parlor <laughs> trick. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> So one thing I didn't mention is that conversion API gateway uh, or any of uh, the first party data solution, they always implement a script on, on the website to collect data, right? So the, the difference is like the, the script is actually sending data to your server. So that's why it's first party because you are, you are the first hand that's, that's receiving the, the data. So what happened is when uh, Facebook rolled out uh, conversion API gateway, uh, how it does this is it basically roll out this software that you can install in AWS to receive uh, first-party data from the pixel script, and then you know on this software it's gonna reroute it to Facebook. So mm. literally the data should match pretty much a hundred percent because it's sending from it's being sent from the same script, right? If you're installing the pixel script you're firing a page view and firing a purchase event, then, you know, uh, it will first send it to Facebook and it, it will send it to your gateway, which will then be sent to Facebook conversion API. So since it's coming from the same place, match rate should be super high. Um, of course, Facebook has to collect all those information that make it a quality data, which is, you know, IP address, user agent, like all the technical stuff. Uh, but I'm sure they they are collecting it anyways, and they know they know the best how to how to increase that event match score. But back to you, what you're saying, yes, it seems like it's a reroute, right? So data is being sent to Facebook, and then with conversion API, they give you a tool that you can actually reroute the same data, like going to your your server server first, so that's first party, and then it's being rerouted to uh, Facebook. Um, well, so I know it's going to the server first, but do we ever get the data? Like if I have a CRM and I want to capture my own UTM parameters, usage, et cetera, do I, do I get this information? Do they have a way to give it to me? Yeah. So that one, uh, I'm still confirming that part. I don't think it's supported right now because the whole purpose is for supporting conversion API, but not, you know, saving it to your data warehouse or database. Dude, this is hysterical. Uh, so if you think about this, Facebook's first, quote unquote, your first party data, Right, I'm using air quotes for anybody listening. Your first party data goes to your server, goes to Amazon, goes to Facebook. The only place it doesn't go to is, is to you, the, the first person in this first party. <laughs> this is now I don't know. I don't know how they're getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> now that that server is what you you you're paying for it. 
So basically, you're paying for a server on AWS, which is Amazon Web Services. Sure. And since you okay. own that technology, own that instance, own that server, it's technically yours. So I guess yeah. that's how the, you know it it's becomes like server side tagging. Like the GTM is right. yours, but it's really Google's. But it's yours. Yeah. Yeah, you pay <laughs> but for it. <laughs> yeah. But in, in inside of GTM, you well actually no, you know what? That's a, it's a really good analogy because in GTM does not collect data. It, it it routes it, it'll put it somewhere for you. Yeah. But yeah, you actually right. don't get it in. So is this the same thing with Amazon? Kind of. The only AWS? thing that scares me about this is not having it at all. Like if you don't you're not able to see your own UTM parameters, your own customer usage, like now that feels like Facebook. a significant loss. Yeah. So before Facebook like banned my account, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna confirm. Well, you know, you gotta break some eggs to make a moment, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but hey, who knows? Because I'm I'm sure they're gonna figure out a way. But I think the main focus is for for people to implement conversion API easily, without the attack part, right? Um, but whether it collect the data or not, I will be super happy. I ask them. That's the first question I ask them. Hey, you wrote this out, but this seems like a half like a half built solution because hey first party solution should be like I get a piece of the data I get a copy of the data and then you know a copy is also sent to Facebook or any other platform could you do both could you run Facebook's little black box thing and then also capture your own first party data yeah so you will have to install server side tagging mm. yourself so it, if I'm installing server side tagging then I don't need uh, conversion API gateway cuz that's going to be Double doubling the work you're paying for two servers basically. Like yeah, you and you're right. There'd be no reason to do it. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the um, the full contact uh, end of this this week's show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how to introduce it, but anyway. Well, so what are the hacks around this? So, Kasim, you know, you came up with this. We're not going to even call it like what we originally called it, but you need a, a cooler name for it. I don't even know what they called it in War Room because they always have like a name for it when you do like Wicked Smart. Cosm's uh, Facebook traffic hack. So in this case, like we have run this by, and maybe you can explain it to us. If we haven't lost our audience already on all this technical <laughs> jargon, but this is important stuff, guys. Like this is really important. I am the least techie person definitely on this call, probably at tier 11. And I understand it and get it to a degree. And I think it's important for you, the listener, to understand this as well. You don't necessarily need to be the person that's, you know, doing server side tagging and implementing Cappy Gateway for your business. But you need to fundamentally understand it because this is a big deal because the visibility here is, is real. So, Passam, why don't you explain your your cool hack here and then we can kind of deconstruct it a bit and also we've gotten some feedback from facebook as well those shall remain nameless who actually did respond but we did actually get some insight on this and how it integrates with everything we've talked about so far in this episode yeah so you know it's it, this is going to be easier for me to explain because ben's already done such a really good job at setting the foundation well done doctor yeah. And and honestly, I'm not pandering, Ben, but you like you explain that better than anybody I've heard so far. So if you're listening to this, know that there's a, a there's a swath of just crap out there. Yes. Of people trying yeah, to walk you through this. Ben like narrowed this down and he he dummy proofed the narrative as far as I'm concerned. I thought that was really well done. hundred percent. Um so so here's the hack. You've got 
you've got Facebook flying blind. So if you can picture just for a minute, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to paint a visual in everybody's mind. Uh, picture that old school, you know, the two cups with the string in between them that we used to make telephones as kids. Yeah. You know, I've got a cup and you've got yeah. a cup and yeah. Okay. So that's, that's, that's one cup is Facebook. And then the other cup is your website. And it used to be that Facebook could see everything or hear everything traveling between these two cups, hundred percent. Right. So every message that you sent through Facebook was able to see and to hear, um, very transparent pipeline. Apple came along and said, you can only hear the people that allow you to hear them in their entirety. Um, you can only see the data that we allow to hear or to, 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 to be seen in its entirety. And I realize now that my analogy is just going to confuse things because I'm saying here and it's really see. Well, 15% of people opted in. So Facebook lost 85% of its relevant data, which is a problem because Facebook uses predictive indications of intent in order to optimize. It wants to know what people are about to do in order to determine who would go all the way to a conversion action. And that's what that's the reason that we saw such extreme swings inside of Facebook campaigns. Facebook lost the data. All we did, and it's actually, I think, super simple, is we gave the data back. So Facebook can see a conversion event. If somebody goes to your site, even if they haven't opted in, and Ben, you correct me if I'm about to say something stupid. Let's say somebody has not opted in. You're not allowed to track their usage. If they fill out your form, and you get first name, last name, email, et cetera, you get to put that information back into Facebook. And now Facebook goes, oh, they converted, they're a lead. And now Facebook can optimize based off of that person because they're not tracking activity, they're tracking an event. And that event is a conversion event. So you can fill in the gaps for Facebook with conversions, but so few people convert, right? Statistically, the, the, this, the average conversion rate across uh, all uh, marketing mechanisms is 2%. I'm sure on Facebook, it's much higher than that, especially for paid ads, especially if you're targeting, but it's low. So you're, if a hundred people come to your site, you know, definitely less than 20 are, are converting and, and probably even less than that. 20 would be a really high performing campaign. Right. So Facebook lost such a significant amount of data because all they can see now are the people that, that convert the absolute end result. They can't see, oh, look, you know, Ben and Ralph both showed up, but Ben watched you know, way more of the video and, and went to multiple pages and stayed on the site longer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you think about the way that a machine learning mechanism would optimize, those would be the predictive signals that a machine learning mechanism would use in order to realize, okay, Ben didn't convert, but I know who Ben is demographically and psychographically. So between Ben and Ralph, I'm going to go start sending more Bens. And, and, and Facebook would use that to kind of build to uh, a high converting campaign. It's why it was so good. When it lost the data, it lost the ability to do that. Our hack puts the data back into Facebook using the Facebook Facebook conversion API. Um, and the way that we did that, and I, I want to be really careful with what I'm about to say, because for some really weird reason, everybody that I presented this to obsesses over this next point. And it's it's the least important point at all. Uh, we used Hotjar, which is a, it's a screen recording software. Now, you don't need Hotjar to do this. You can custom code this on your site. You can use JavaScript and a bunch of fancy whiz-bang, techno, gibbo, whatever. But we used Hotjar because it was just the easiest thing to test this with. But effectively, what you do is when somebody comes to your website, you monitor their usage using Hotjar or any other solution you want, including your own custom code. And you decide, and this is the dangerous part, you decide what the predictive indications of intent are. So let's say you have a plans and pricing page 
and this person goes to your plans and pricing page. You can actually say, oh, they went to the plans and pricing page and you can tell Hotjar or you can code yourself to now trigger an event. Say, I, I want to send this back to Facebook Conversion API. Or, you know, let's say that they've been on the site for a certain period of time or they visited a certain number of pages or they watched a video or whatever it ends up being. You know, Hotjar has a, a number of milliseconds they've been on the site. You get to, you get to say anybody who has done these actions and it's probably limitless so you, you want to want to narrow that down but it's going to be based off of what it is you're offering what's on your page so that should be pretty easy to identify i think you know the one two three four five whatever events that you think constitute a, a, a higher quality prospect and then using zapier what hotjar does is hotjar can capture the url which means it can capture the facebook click id so we can use zapier and we can push that information back into Facebook because Zapier connects with the Facebook conversion API. We can push that information back into to Facebook before they convert. And that's the key to this whole thing. Facebook is telling you to use the conversion API. It's in the name, the conversion API. Use the conversion API to give us conversion-based data. Well, all we did was give it pre-conversion data and it worked. It worked to the tune of a 300% increase. Now, we had a, a really small campaign with a low spend, but here's what's interesting is I shared that in a room with some of the some of the most forward-thinking entrepreneurs on the planet. And some of them went, took it, ran with it. Ralph talked to one last week that is building, it sounds like an entire SaaS product, an entire business around this, has seen some really phenomenal improvements. They've gone way deeper than I've ever gone. I don't think they're using Hotjar. And, and to take, and then I'll stop talking, but to maybe add the cherry on top, the conversation that I've been privy to with Facebook, which I, I wasn't a part of, but was shared with me, is that um, the data that we're providing, the predictive data, according to Facebook, can increase the EMQ score, which... You know, even if Facebook is discarding people that haven't opted in, it means that you're improving their data by, you know, 15% um, in terms of predictive intent. And I don't believe that to be true. I actually believe, in, and I'm sorry to be the conspiracy theorist on this podcast, but at least it makes me more interesting. I believe that Facebook is absolutely full of shit. I, I don't think that they're, <laughs> I don't think that they're discarding this data at all. I wouldn't if I were them. Here's the, I mean, Apple, what Apple, Apple's not a legislative body. It's Congress didn't come out and say, do this. Apple it's went true. and pulled the ultimate uh, power move and completely screwed Facebook over. And they did it in a, in a, in a, a directly combative way. If I were Facebook, I'd fire back, of course. Right. So I'm not even faulting them for doing this. But what I'm saying is I don't believe for a fraction of a second that if you were to put Facebook information or put conversion data or pre-conversion data back into Facebook, Facebook wouldn't use it. I don't believe that for a fraction of a second. And that's why I believe that we're seeing the improvements that we're seeing and that other people who have tried this idea. And I've got a whole YouTube video on this, by the way, so you can read the comments because there's a bunch of people who are like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then go off and try it and then message me and say, yeah, that worked. So I'm going to pause there, Ralph. How did I do explaining that? And am I still the co-host? I think project? I think you did it pretty well. I think if people still forget, like why Apple has this leverage, like well, it's because not... Facebook is a disembodied entity. You can't visit Facebook except through a conduit. You have to visit through a device or through a browser, or through whatever. And Apple's the most popular of all of those. Right. So the worst case scenario of yes, we're complying. And we've agreed to this based upon these standards is the worst case scenario is their app gets kicked off. Right. 
<laughs> basically right. that's it the app store like they're gone on the app store i mean you can through it through like i guess google chrome if you really wanted to probably they'd kick them out of safari they'd figure out a way to do that. figure out a way yeah and <laughs> apple really would too they're they're that they probably petulant. would but like yeah. that's the worst case scenario that's why facebook wants to be compliant here right you've got what percentage are ios users in the world it's well so android large... has a significant market share worldwide but in the us the the majority is ios and and this gets um ha, this gets politically touchy your more valuable users are ios users that's true socioeconomically Correct. it's yes. also true temperamentally because even socioeconomic status aside the people that buy your clicky people your forethinking people your Folks that are like willing to try new things out, they tend to be your iOS users. These are the people that sit in line overnight waiting for a damn phone, which always just drove me insane to watch. But that's yeah. that's the advert, that's the customer base you want to be in front of. I'm sure those Android users have some weird idiots. I've never sat in line for a phone. I never needed to. Nobody ever wanted the Androids. I could go get them anytime I wanted. I message you, by the way. It really pisses me off. Yeah. Anyway, I got to be on like <laughs> Google guy, Android. <laughs> Hey, it's Kasim here, and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and You've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process. If you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners. When's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is, that's way too long for me to remember... I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. So anyway, so that gives us some context for this whole thing. So Ben, what is your return on what Kasim has said here? is taking yeah i mean you're you know you've been taking the facebook line i mean obviously <laughs> i've been taking the facebook line too but <laughs> the point is is that i'm just so damn skeptical of the whole thing but we are testing it having said that go ahead what is your retort dr pang 
Yeah, so I, I would challenge that hack uh, a little bit where it doesn't have to involve uh, conversion API. Because think about this, hmm. like uh, the Facebook pixel is collecting data all along. Like before iOS 14.5, it's collecting data, right? So after uh, iOS 14.5, uh, which is you know when ATT, ATT is rolled out, um, it's still collecting that data. And more importantly, think about why I, AEM is in place because Facebook actually has to delay the reporting so that it can figure out you know, whether it should report a lead, add to cart, or purchase on a certain user. That's how my understanding of it. Because if I become a lead on the first day and then add to cart on the second day and purchase also on the second day, if Facebook go ahead and report the lead data, then they won't be compliant because they only, basically, according to the protocol, they're only going to report purchase, which is the highest, uh, you know, the highest, uh, the top prioritized event. And that's for an opt-out user, right? Just to clarify. So it has to process the data. It's actually sitting in the pocket, right? You know, and then they're setting the queue and they're waiting. They're waiting. And then they when, when they see other top higher priority events, then they drop the lower priority ones and then report the top one. So I don't think I ever pieced my... that together, actually. That was really good insight. Go ahead. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. So what, what I think is it's just conversion API is a, an, a mechanism for for Facebook to receive more data. But I think with even with the pixel, and now that it's using pixel to power the conversion API gateway, meaning the pixel has ability to to send to send to collect and send those data to Facebook. And now they're using the same technology to send it to your gateway, which is gonna be sent back to Facebook. So it's just, I feel like Facebook, it has the ability to collect all these data uh, and they have to process it, right? They have to process it to see if they want, they, they show it to the, you know, in as reporting or not. And whether they use it or not, I would say if we can test it with just the pixel, right? Without conversion API, right? If we implement, if we fire an event using the pixel script, as people scroll through, uh, you know, the website, let's say 50%, and then we fire, let's say, uh, view content, mm. and then we feed more of these predictive data to Facebook using Pixel scripts, and then if performance improve, I would say, or actually, I I would say, you know, that th that's the way we can see. Okay, Facebook is actually using those secondary events uh, for the algorithm. We don't Which necessarily be funny because that would actually be proving that Facebook's non-compliant, right? Um, kind of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, well, now you might have just you might have just outnerded me, Ben. But I'm going to back up because I want to talk about something that you just said because I I misunderstood this in its entirety. I've been under the impression up until about four seconds ago that if somebody opted out of tracking, Facebook couldn't track them. They actually could not see what that user was doing and they were completely blind because apple wasn't delivering that usage information and they were doing you know whatever they were anonymizing the, the, the prospect or hiding the info or veiling it or masking it or doing what google does with flock or whatever and what you're saying is facebook regardless of whether or not somebody opts in or opts out facebook can track everything it's just incumbent upon them to read that opt-in opt-out single and then and then comply and then determine yeah exactly so what that That's, just did is that took all the teeth 
out of Apple's opt-in, opt-out, then it's 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 a lie. It's a farce because any app, especially so Facebook's huge and has way more to lose. But so you're saying that every single app in the iOS network, you know, and all the ones run by, you know, whatever, Ukrainian hackers or whoever it is, not to pick on the Ukrainians, my CTO is Ukrainian, so I like to make fun of him for that because um, I always tell him that he's probably a hacker. Uh, but all the all the apps in the in the app store are being politely requested not to track data. But if they choose to, they could hurdle that in its entirety and Apple has no control and no ability to withhold that data whatsoever. I think if Apple can prove that the app or the company is collecting third party, collecting data from you know uh, websites outside of the app, then it will definitely go after that company, right? Um, yeah, but how but would they for, do that? They will, it, it's gonna take a team that actually gonna police people around but I think the question is whether they will go after the small companies or just go after the big ones and make an example so that the the small ones comply. Because it doesn't make sense to go after the small companies. But if I take Facebook down, then people know that it's serious. And, but, and I don't mean to mm -hmm. harp on this point. Are you sure that, and I'm not trying to, you're very clearly more informed on this point than I am. Are you sure that Facebook can say, I mean, you're sure that Apple's still delivering everything? Because that, that feels very... Um, it feels like a, a dangerous assertion on Apple's point. Hey, we're protecting your privacy. That feels like a completely unenforceable policy. And, and, and are you 100% sure that that's the way that this is working? You can still see everything. It's just, it's basically a binary single saying, hey, you can or cannot use this data. I would say technically it's possible to get those data. So my, what my, what, what I mean, uh, my theory is based on is that what Facebook is rolling out to help uh, advertisers with. So if they roll out API gateway and it's powered by the pixel, you know, meaning the pixel has the capability to collect information and send it to another, you know, another server, right? Another mm -hmm. endpoint. So they're not introducing a new technology that kind of well, conversion API is a new is a new technology. So you need your own tech, like uh, server side tagging or whatever implementation to send data back to Facebook. But now Facebook is actually using its own technology, which is the same old Pixel script, All right? And sending that data to your server, and which will be rerouted back to Facebook. So of course, I cannot say a hundred percent without looking into their code. But based on what they're doing, it looks like that's totally what it's been happening. But you know why? Why performance was impacted, right? After the rollout, if they're still collecting data, why did it freak out the algorithm? So that's that will be a good discussion, right? Well, and so that's um, why I thought that Apple was actually withholding the data. I was convinced that Apple was withholding the data because in my mind, I'm like, there's no way that Facebook is going to. I mean, that had to have been a, a multi-billion-dollar hit. Not just in income, but also in in stock valuation. I didn't. They take. They took a dive, right? I gotta Last go look that up. Call, I just yeah, made that up. Did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, I just that that really that changes everything. And I, you know what's so funny? I just assumed that the data was being withheld. I never actually verified that. So, egg on my face. Um, I have to go to school on that now. Well, that will be a good follow up conversation, whether that's technically true or not. And we can even ask Facebook. Well, I want to ask Apple.
Because it's really, it's not Facebook that I'm worried about at the moment based on what you're saying. I want to know whether or not if Apple's not withholding this data, then they're not the bastions of privacy that they pretend to be. They're not spearheading anything. They've got a radio button, you know, like there's no technical change whatsoever. Well, which means I nobody's think, privacy is safe. Well, in, in, imagine, imagine the, um, the way we're collecting data on our website. Right. So we used to not having to prompt people about their, their privacy preference. But yeah, now but I think we that's a litigious to... situation. I, th I think that has more to do with legislation and just the fact that we don't want to be sued. I don't think exactly. that has to do with technical compliance. Well, exactly. That's what I meant is, yeah. you know, if Apple is putting out this policy, then they have to figure out how to be compliant. But technically, they might still be getting the data. Yeah, the same way that it's funny that you bring that up because with Google's flock that will never roll out. By the way, they just pushed it out again to 2023, and they'll just keep pushing it. Really? Yeah, but with flock, um, which is so funny, man, because I for the longest time was like, oh, the end of the world is near, you know. And 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 Google, I think just all it is is a band aid that's coming. And as long as a band aid's coming, people are fine with it. And so Google has realized, oh, I can just keep kicking this can down the road. Um, when you read the documentation on flock, and I've read all of it all of it the big elephant in the room is the fact that you can get around it with fingerprinting which is not a difficult thing to do fingerprinting is not a difficult thing to do it's it's identifying a user based off of multivariant data points that are pretty easy to collect um and all google says is don't do that like shame you know shame shame like slap on the wrist we we uh, we, we whatever this is technically non-compliant but how would they ever know so they put off this this huge major infrastructure build and then this escape patch is right smack dab in the middle of it. And all they say is, we don't want you to do that. But they have no way to actually police it or track it or stop it. Hmm. Anyway, I just got stalemated, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> well, aside from pissing off the entire country of the Ukraine, I think we, yeah. should, we should probably wrap things up here. Uh, so the bottom line is this, Ben, Dr. Dr. Pang, and we are, this is one of our longest episodes that we might actually need to break this up into two episodes. But the point is, is um, the, the, the custom Facebook traffic hack, what, what's our bottom line conclusion here? Is it the actual hack or is it to be determined or what is your diagnosis here? Based upon the fact that you are a doctor, I think you're a doctor of like technical stuff. Doctor of my life, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I, based on what I've heard, I say we give Benjamin an honorary doctorate from perpetual traffic. <laughs> so awarded. I would, I would say yeah. is that whatever strategy we come up with, if we test it and it works, it's a good strategy. It's like. You know, Facebook is a black box. What a, what a right? good so, politician you are. Throw it at me. Man. Like if you don't if you don't like it, you gotta say it. We're gonna hold your feet to no, the no, fire. What, Nobody what, gets no, off this I call. Actually, I actually like it. When I think about it, I was like, oh, if it works, hey, if I if it's gonna make me money, why wouldn't yeah. I use it? That, that's my litmus test for most right? things. Too. And then Facebook allowed <laughs> me to send data to 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 through conversion API. And if it's gonna improve my uh performance, I'm gonna use it tomorrow. Right. The question is, does it work in all cases? It's just like any other um, strategies that you know different advertisers came up with, right? They, right. they said, you know, create a campaign with different, like a CPO campaign with different budget, but the, the same targeting within it. It's just different ways of using Facebook. But if there's a theory, there's a strong theory behind, 
and it's tested to be to be working, I would say you know that it's a pretty good you know dang good strategy that we should use. Do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, from my perspective, it's always like, all right, are we going to be in compliance? Do we get because you know Facebook is kind of important for us in our relationship that we have with them. We love them. Everything about them. I even love Mark Zuckerberg and all his videos that he does about the metaverse. Um, I'm just I'm just kissing up because you know we do like a couple hundred thousand people download this episode, so we better. Yeah. Well, we just threw so many grenades too. You got to overcorrect here, Ralph. I'm being overcorrect. That's right. I'm yeah. going politically correct here, but the point is, is like it's. I would listen to this episode or episodes multiple times if you're still in a quandary as to what to do at the very least conversions api gateway is kind of a no-brainer wouldn't you say ben yeah. i mean bottom line solution like really? yeah that's the first thing so get that get your event match dual mentioned here i think we took you through the history of this entire thing since it's actually happened back in may when it was you know, finally starting to be implemented, but go back through this episode. We'll leave a lot of links in the show notes here. Bottom line is you got to do what's best for your business and make up your own mind, test it out. We'll also leave links uh, in the show notes for Cosm's fabulous Facebook traffic hack. We're starting to like figure out how to like what to call this thing. No, that was uh, the best as, one so far. All right. Well, it's just an iteration of the alliteration of the F word. You know, we could throw another F word in there too. Hey. F and I think fabulous on this episode, Facebook. We, yeah, we couldn't make it any worse. So let's just I go know, for it's it. Like worse. It's just getting longer and longer the more we talk. Uh, but make sure that you do head over to perpetualtraffic.com. This is uh, where we're leaving all these show notes here. This is going to be episode 340, as well as if you're saying, hey, man, this is uh, all cool and I'd love to be able to implement all this stuff as a funnel builder inside Tier 11, well, we'd love to talk with you about becoming a part of our team. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash jobs. There's a bunch of openings there, but the funnel specialist one is the one that we're actively hiring for right now because that's an area of our business which is uh, exploding largely because of a lot of this stuff here because it's just a part of the entire customer acquisition path, the customer acquisition journey, how, whatever you want to call it, doesn't just begin and end with the ads. You actually have to convert them once they actually do click. So uh, tier11.com forward slash jobs. If you want to be a funnel specialist, always leave us positive reviews. We love those. We'll read them on air. We even read the funny ones. The funnier, the better. I don't want to say leave bad ones because we don't want that, but there've been a couple of bad ones that we've read here live, which have been even more funny than anything else. Uh, so make sure that you do do that. Ben Pang, Dr. Ben, honorary PhD for perpetual traffic. Now, thanks for coming on the show this week. Really appreciate Thank it uh, for my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam until next week, everyone. See ya. Peace. See you guys. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.